a lot of people, you know, talking that aren't even in the division that aren't even don't even have, they're not even in the testing pool. And when, when some of those people come back, if they actually make it through the testing pool, rematches can happen for me. I like that. You know, there's a lot of op- opportunities here. Are you referring to Henry Cejudo? Um, I'm, re- I'm referring to, you know, people, anybody who's in that position, who's been out that comes back that, you know, Henry is the one right now that I would love a rematch with because um, of the, the way that the last fight went. But you know, he's, he's jockeying for his position at the top two, similar to what Dillashaw's doing. And you notice the way they work Dillashaw, why wouldn't they work Henry in a similar way? It wouldn't surprise me, you know, because he retired, stayed safe, got out of the testing pool, you know, and now he gets to come back and just jump right in. So hopefully they get, maybe they'll give me him to welcome him back to the division and oh I get to smash him God. around the cage and then um, oh that would be great. God. Dominic Snooze, man. Can I can I give you guys? There's nobody. It's funny to me. I don't even get offended, man. It's funny to me. You know, if I can get out of the testing pool, if he's come on, man. I've been tested by Usada for the last since I was a 17 year old kid, almost 20 years in the damn business, man. Like you know what I'm saying? That's stupid. This is how people. This Dominic Snooze. This is how this is how Floyd Mayweather sued Manny Pacquiao for defamation of character, man. So you and that ugly ass Cheeto Vera, be careful with what you guys say, man. You know what I'm saying? But I'm but I'm honored that you guys think I'm on some of that motherfucking on some of that TJ Epo Shaw juice. You know I'm flattered, man. That's hard work, dedication, determination. The Olympic champ, the flyweight champ, the bantamweight champion of the world. That's absolutely ridiculous. But I'm kind of honored that they think like that, Schmo. Well, Triple C, the Schmo was going to say, TJ Dillashaw, he's out of competition for two years because of the suspension. He goes right back to the top to face a Corey Sanhagen. No tune-up fight. You going out of USADA for the retirement purposes, coming back in, already tested twice. Why can't you go to the top? You don't need no tune-up fight. That's the Schmo promoting you. What do you think about that? No, of course, man. I, I, Dominic Snooze, he had his he had his opportunity. He couldn't make it past two rounds. I mean, it was it was ridiculous, man. I got rid of him. This is why I dedicated Technique of the Week, and I got over a hundred thirty thousand views off of it because it shows that not only did I knock him out diverse with my knee, but also just I knocked him out so much. I mean, I hurt him so bashful that I actually, I literally woke him up. So Dominic Snooze. Getting back to the line, I gave you an opportunity the first time. You couldn't get it done. You couldn't last no more than two rounds, dude. I want somebody that that's capable of at least landing, at least lasting another round with me. Well, the schmo and Helen Yee, we saw him last month over at Steel MMA in San Diego, California. Watched him training. He's right in the thick of things. The things he just recorded right there on the MMA Hour, he said to Helen Yee, he said to the schmo. So we understand he wants that rematch. But Triple C, man, how is things going with the road back to the comeback? How's the training going, Triple C? Let you in there every single day? Let me tell you something, brother. Oh, yeah. I'm feeling good, Schmo. I'm feeling so good, bro. Like, I, I'm training every single day. I'm right, right now, there's there's a process to my madness. Like, right now, I'm really I'm kind of brushing up, my, like, my biomechanics, like, uh, you know, push-ups, pull-ups. I'm hitting the bag every single day. Like, I'm doing the essentials in preparation for this next month to come up. So, this whole last month, I was I just dedicated myself to, like, doing a lot of, like, therapeutical-type workouts, getting my back straight, my neck straight. 
hamstrung, my legs, a lot of plyos, um, you know what I mean? A lot of stretching and whatnot. So next month, I got my training partner coming down from Brazil. Uh, no chance, Jose Maria, who's going to be living with me full time, you know, training me, uh, you know, feeding me, stretching me. Stretching you. I mean, I'm, uh, you know what I mean? I, when, when I do things, Shmo, you know me, Shmo, I go at 100. This is the reason why these dudes cannot catch up because I am a dedicated human. And like I said, man, I'm honored that people think this twist is still a natural. You back over at Nero Force One getting that VO2 max index? You getting the vertical jump? You doing those initial testing yet, or is this too soon? It's, it's it's still a little too soon. I think in one more month, Schmo, I'm gonna I'm gonna start going to uh, to Nero Force One and getting all that stuff kind of in preparation because more likely I'll be fighting towards the end of the year, and uh, and I'm looking forward to it, Schmo. Like I'm gonna be prepared. You guys are gonna see the best version of Triple C, and I'm reclaiming I'm reclaiming my crown once again, man. You know what I mean? Because these dudes absolutely make me sick. There it is. And with that said, welcome back to the Triple C and Schmo Show. Memorial Day weekend edition. Nice glasses, by the way. America. He's the double champ, the Olympic champ, my partner, the king of cringe, humble Henry, Henry Cejudo. What's up, Schmo? Let's get this ball rolling because time is money and money is time. And the Schmo's going to start off with the gold medal moment the other night. There it was, Gervonta Tank Davis knocks out Roly Rolando Romero. The schmo got it wrong. We were texting you before the fight. We thought Roly was going to shock the world, knock the guy out, but it didn't end up happening. What's your overall reaction? We know you ordered the fight. First of all, I'm kind of pissed that I paid $80 for that damn fight. Second of all, I told you Tank Davis was going to beat him, and I know you're going for Roly. I just thought that fight, I thought Roley went out. I thought, honestly, I'll be honest with you, I, I thought it was a boring fight, but I thought Roley was winning the majority of them rounds. I really did boring not. Boring fight? I thought it was boring, Schmo. There was a lot of dancing. There wasn't real combinations. There wasn't, they, they, they weren't really boxing. There was too much feel for going into half of the fight. And then, it was a and chess then, match. Not really, Schmo. Not really, man. They're not really because Roley was making a lot of mistakes and and Tank wasn't capitalized on it. He was lunging in. He was he was overreacting to Tank's fakes and Tank and and Tank wasn't kind of blasting through. Um, you, you you tend to wonder if if he doesn't catch him with that with that nice that was it right hook or left hook that he caught him with. Uh, I think it was a right hook. Left. Are you sure? Okay, left to hook stop him and to knock he, him down in the six. It was the left. Yeah, it was a left hook. If if he didn't do that, I wonder if this would be another just a dragged out, you know, twelve round fight that just I don't know. I'm gonna think twice about ordering ordering a freaking boxing fight, man, because I just it's not like the UFC schmo. Boxing does not deliver like the UFC. But that being said, I thought Roley was too I thought Roley was too linear with the striking and he didn't necessarily know how to cut the ring with Tank Davis. You know what I'm saying? People are going to say, oh, casuals, dude. I boxed before. I boxed and I sparred against some of the best guys in the world. I understand the game. Everything has to do with position. So anybody that calls me a casual, man, I act, as a matter of fact, I was undefeated in the sport of amateur boxing. Look it up. Copper Gloves champ out here in AZ beat the Golden Gloves champ. I know, I know what I'm talking about. Anyways, that's my two cents, Shmo. What was your take? And Triple C worked with a young David Benavidez, who was also very impressive over in Arizona the other week. What's the Schmo's 
take on this. The Schmo had Roley winning, but if Roley was going to win, it was going to be a knockout within the first two rounds. Obviously, when this thing went out, it didn't happen. Tank's got a more technical skill set as a boxer, and he capitalized on Roley's mistake. Like you, Triple C, I thought Roley was outboxing him. I saw the human chess match. They were going back and forth. Roley's got the power. Tank's got the experience. And listen, he sat back. Roley went and lunged forward, and... He got caught with the left. That's why he went face first into the ropes. He completely capitalized on it. And Gervonta Davis, man, he withstood some shots. He showed a lot in there. He showed that he could take the power, but most importantly, can give the power. No questions at that. If you were questionable if he's a top 10 pound for pound boxer before this, no questions now. This this weight division, this 100 and this lightweight division that's loaded. When you got the Tank Davises, you got the Devin Hades. You got the Cambosas. You got the Lomachenkos. You got the Teofimo Lopez's. You got the Ryan Garcia's. It is such a loaded division of boxing. And uh, Tank Davis cementing himself right there at the top with the WBA and still championship. Yeah, of course. But then I go back and I look at the history of, of, of that weight class. You know what I mean? Look at, look at Morales, Barrera, and how these guys fought everybody. How many Pacquiao fought Marquez, Barrera, uh, Eric Morales. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I don't see that with these guys. And that's kind of what frustrates me with the sport of boxing. I think uh, I think Tank Davis needs to fight another uh, another big name, dude. Like, a guy that another guy's... I think I think he needs to fight the winner out of uh, Cambosis and David Haney. And I think uh, I think Ryan Garcia really has to earn his spot, dude, for a world title. To, to fight for a world title. You know, he's right now he's still and he's a great boxer, man. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deny, man. Uh, uh, Ryan Garcia is a great boxer, but he, he's he's a social media whore. You know what I'm saying? Like that's 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 what he does, man. This is why even if you watch Showtime when they started introducing the fighters, they're like, you know, they was like, yeah, he's he's uh, Ryan Garcia, not much of a boxing, uh, you know, talent or threat, but he is a social media presence. Like, you know what I mean? You don't want those type of compliments. Ryan Garcia is going to have to step it up, man, and fight somebody big. Uh, but he also has to earn his name to be able to get to a Tank Davis or to a David Haney or to a, or, or to a Combosis. I believe Ryan Garcia's got a fight in July. He gets through that. He wants Tank Davis next. It was all over all the boxing websites, all the boxing YouTube channels. The Schmo saw that. But listen, if the best fight the best... I'm not opposed for Javante Davis to be fighting a Lomachenko next. I think that would be an excellent fight if we're going to have to wait for the Ryan Garcias, if we're going to have to wait for the winner of Cambosas and Devin Haney. Why not have that fight? The Schmo loves that. But let's get to boxing and the best fighting the best. want to ask you this, because we're going to get your top five pound-for-pound boxers right now. But before we get to that, wanted to bring up Canelo's name. Canelo versus Triple G. That's officially booked for September. You know, we're not going to see the Bivol rematch right away. We're not going to see the Usman fight. What do you make of Triple G Canelo? They're going at it again. What do you like? You know what? There's, oh man, I, I think this fight, especially Canelo coming out of a loss, I was just talking to Uncle Mike, that is the legendary Mike Tyson. And, uh, you know, he was telling me, he's like, right now, he's like, he's like, man, he's like, right now, the time to beat Canelo is now. You know, he does got a chip in that shoulder, but he might fight emotional. And you know what? He might be right, man. And I think, uh, I think Triple G kind of having that chip on his shoulder from losing to him and seeing what Bivol did, like there's there's a there's a game plan set in place. And I think Triple G is going to be a lot more defensive in this fight and really kind of pick his shots with Canelo. 
You know what I mean? So I think I think that fight is up in the air. Obviously, I'm going for Canelo. I want Canelo to win. But, uh, man, I wouldn't count Triple G out. I really wouldn't. Wouldn't count him out at all. He is up there in age. These guys have fought each other. They've been all close fights. And now is the time. If Canelo's to be beat by a Triple G, now is the time. But the thing is, Canelo's got a lot to prove. This isn't just one of the best boxers of our time. He's one of the best boxers of all time. And I think he's going to be on a mission to prove that. When have you seen Canelo lose back-to-back -back fights? The Schmo can't see it happening. We really can't see it happening. So I think he will prevail for that. And with that said, Triple C, now's the time the Schmo wants to get your top five list for pound for pound in boxing right now. Who do you got? Okay, number one. You know I'm going with the one, the man, the only. I've not always said this at the beginning, man. The guy that has power on both of his hands. None other than from Nebraska, Terrence Crawford. I mean, that dude could scrap, dude. When he fights Errol Spence, he's going to put Errol Spence away. You guys going to see that the fact that there's levels up here. I believe he's going to go up to 154 pounds, take out Charlo. And I think I think his mission is to eventually go up to 160 pounds. I think Terrence Crawford. Terrence Crawford is special. He has power on both his right like he does on his left. So for that reason, he's pound for pound. Number two, I'm going to have to go Canelo Alvarez, man. Canelo Alvarez, yeah, he took that loss. But guess what, man? He took that chance of going up and skipping a whole weight class to fight, you know, to, to take that fight with uh, Bevo. And eventually, okay, he lost. Number three, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with the heavyweight. I'm gonna have to go with the heavyweight champ right now. Uh, I put him ahead of Tyson Fury and about anybody else right now, just for the simple fact that he's undefeated and that I'm I'm, I'm talking about Usyk. You know, the Ukrainian nightmare. I mean, the dude is super technical. He's an Olympic champion. He's a cruiserweight that went up to heavyweight, and he was able to beat Je uh, Anthony Joshua. He's undefeated, man. I'm giving him the number three spot. Number four, even though he has a loss, even though he lost to Teofimo, he probably had a bad night, but I have to go with Vasily Lomachenko, the two-time Olympic champ, multiple-time world champ, and I believe in three different weight classes. I mean, he's very diverse, very technical, and I don't think anybody wants to necessarily fight him at 130 or 135 pounds. That's the guy that everybody's dodging. That's the guy that everybody's happy that no longer has a belt, and everybody else can scramble and kind of take the scraps. But I still believe he's one of the pound for pounds, so I'm going to put him number four. And number five, even though I think maybe Devontae Davis could beat a uh, Vasily Lomachenko, but he hasn't proven it yet, I'm going to have to go with Tank Davis. Tank Davis, 25, 25 fights. Uh, what is it? 22 knockouts, I believe. I mean, the dude is uh, the, 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 the dude is proven to have knockout power that's extremely vicious at a weight class where you don't necessarily see people put people out, but that is Tank Davis. So that is my top five schmo, and I don't know what you got. You ended it with I don't know. The Schmo doesn't know how you left off Errol Spence Jr. from your top five. You're smoking crack, Triple C. What's going uh, no, on with you, man? No, hold on, hold on, hold on. I think he's smoking crack because if he want, really wants to be in that pound-for-pound pound list, he should have fought some of the big names at 147 pounds. And the biggest name right now is Terrence Crawford. And just for the well, simple that's fact— next. Yeah, but just for the simple fact that he's been dodging him, man, like he's not in my top five, unfortunately. Well, well, that's the politics. Or, or top 10. No, no, no. He doesn't want to fight him. Earl Spence wanted to fight him. A fighter knows when a fighter wants to fight. And I know Earl Spence respects the, sh the crap out of Terrence Crawford. So for that reason, I don't even know if I put Earl Spence in my top 10. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. The Schmo's going to go from five down. And we're going to justify 
why this fight hasn't happened yet, but it's going to happen next, and why Errol Spence is at the top of this list. Number five, we're going with the Gypsy King Tyson Fury. Heavyweight champion, never technically lost. Obviously, we have the draw against Deontay Wilder, but he's put everyone out. The linear heavyweight champion of the world, taking out Klitschko. The only thing preventing him from why he's not 4, 3, 2, or 1 is because he never got the opportunity to fight the Anthony Joshua's, right? Or the Usek fight, which is Usek, who's number 4 on the list. The guy goes up weight classes. The guy is proving it. Uh, smaller guy, got the speed, fatness, fast, fast quickness. Taking down Joshua at heavyweight. Two-weight division. The guy speaks for itself. Number three, we go Canelo Alvarez. The Schmo had him number one until he lost to Bivov. I know that pushes a lot of things there, but Canelo, the risk taker. No risk, no reward. Beating all the guys. Going up weight division, divisions. Generational talent. Canelo Alvarez, number three. And now we go to one and two. We go 1A, 1B. The Schmo goes back and forth. At 1B which you would call number two, we got Errol Spence Jr. Listen, Triple C, Errol Spence Jr. is part of the PBC, and you know how it works. You got to fight the best of the best at your weight division and to make the fights in your organization first before you go outside. PBC's had the best 147-pounders in the world. He's fought the Danny Garcias. He's fought the Sean Porters. He's fought them, the Ugases. The guys at the top of the line at 147. He's beaten them. He stopped them. And now you go to a guy who's with top rank, who the Schmo puts at number 1A, and who I don't think Terrence Bud Crawford's fought the same highest level of competition as Errol Spence, but we got him at 1, and these guys got to dance. Errol Spence Jr., he's got two of the titles. He's got WBC, and he's got I, uh, the IBF. Then you got the WBO champion in... Bud Crawford. These two are going to be fireworks. Styles make fights. Winner of this. This is your one and two best fighters in the world in the same weight division. Winner of this is going to be the number one pound for pound. I give the slight edge right now to Crawford. That could change tomorrow. You got Spence at two. That's the Schmo's <laughs> top five. That's not bad, Schmo. I like your list, but but I, I don't I don't agree with you on uh, I don't agree with you on Earl Spence, man. I really don't. I just see, I just see Crawford really hurting him, dude. Like I really do. Like we can, we you know what? Let's do a bet on that, Schmo. How about that, man? We did a bet with, uh, we do a bet. We did a. <laughs> the the we, fight's got to get booked first before we can make any bets. And, okay, and, but and we're, we're, we're gonna did. bet something. We gonna, will, even though the Schmo put number one at Crawford. We agreed with you there. It's just I can't believe you left Spence off your top five. That's nuts, nuts. He has to. He has to prove it, man. Like he has. I just want to see him fight Terence, and maybe there. Maybe I am pissed at him. Maybe that's why. But I just. I, I don't put him at that level. I don't. I think he's good. I think he's a second. I think he's the second best 147 pounder in in boxing. But he ain't the best, so I can't put him in the pound for pound. If you're the second best out of weight class, man, I'm sorry. Man down. You know something? Go ask your friend, the number one pound for pound fighter in the world, Kamara Usman, what he thinks about Errol Spence's boxing. Because I know he's been inside the gym with him and he's seen him work. Go ask Usman next time you've seen him. No, and with no. that. Oh, go ahead, Schmo. Okay. Go, Schmo. No, oh, I'm, I'm just sure going to that... transition now to MMA. I was going to go to the well, silver medal. Well, let's go, moment. man. Well, let's get this ball rolling then, dude. Forget All right, it. Let's here we it. go. <laughs> All right, here we go. Nate Diaz. He's back on Twitter. He's back talking about how he's not been able to get a fight. He wants the Hamza Chamaya fight. Visa issues, weight issues, a potential wedding. Who knows what's going on? Nate Diaz, man, still hasn't been booked with the fight with the UFC, man. He's talked about Usman. He's talked about fighting in July. We got nothing. What do you make of this situation? We keep talking about it every couple of months. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think the USC, I think the USC, they want to, I think that they're, they're just, you know, playing a little bit, playing a little bit of business with them. I think if they keep them, they really want to entice them with a good paycheck. And if they don't keep them, they want to give them a, they want to give them a shark. So that that's that's what we're looking at, you know. So this is why the Hamza Chimai, that's not a good fight for Nate. It really isn't, man. You know, but anyways, if that's just book Nate a fight, man. I think he deserves it. He's fought he's fought the toughest competition in the UFC. He hasn't beat the toughest toughest competition, but the only guy that he's really big name that he's beaten is Conor McGregor. Um, but I, I just don't see it. I don't I don't I don't know what the UFC is is thinking, but that's kind of my take on that. Well, my take is it doesn't even matter who he fights. He's already proven he's not afraid of losses or opponents. He got in there with Leon Edwards. I mean, he that most recently. He gets in there with Mosfidal. He gets in there with Connor. He gets in there with anybody. I'm not surprised he's calling out Chimaev. But what the Schmo's surprised about is he doesn't have a fight. So why doesn't he have a fight? Is the UFC not giving him a fight? until he actually agrees to extend his contract? Are they using that against him, that they won't let him fight and finish out his contract? And maybe that's the stall. And if they, in fact, are going to allow him one more fight without renegotiating that contract or extending it to any sort, are they just waiting for Conor McGregor and not allowing that trilogy to, to pass, to sail, with Nate Diaz leaving the UFC? The Schmo doesn't know what to think anymore. It's a game of chicken right now. It's a game of who's going to blink first. And you got Nate Diaz out there on social media consistently asking for a fight, consistently saying he's being turned down for a fight. We don't get to hear the UFC side of the story until a Schmo or anyone else randomly brings it up to Dana White in a post-fight press conference. Like, we don't have enough information. It's all incomplete. Allow Nate Diaz to fight. Or as Marvin Vittori said to the Schmo a couple days ago when we interviewed him, free Nate. <laughs> it is what it is. That's funny. Yeah, I'm with him, man. Free Nate, man. If you're not going to give him a fight, dude, free him. Let him let him be. Or he could run out his contract, you know. And I think every fighter has a contract where they're literally able, if they don't get uh, X amount of fights, uh per year like it, it, you could literally run it out dude so it's a trip yeah well anyways triple c i mean it just leaves us with question marks but something without a question mark right now is a debate ding 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 let's go to the bronze medal movement right now memorial day weekend here what is the most stacked weight division in mma in the UFC. What do you got right now, Triple C? The Schmoke can already guess what you're going to say, but justify it. Okay, I'm going to... Well, you know you know how I'm going to go. You already know my answer. It's 135 pounds. You know why? Because you have the Triple C the triple C there, the two-division champ, the Olympic champ. That's number one. Number two, man, you got Jose Baldo, uh, the greatest featherweight of all times, 135 pounds. You got Frankie Edgar, the guy that was a, 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 a champion in two different weight classes, I believe, right? He was... No, no, no. Anyways, he was champion 155 pounds. You got Cody Garbutt, who who was a former champ. I mean, you got TJ Dillashaw. You got Dominic Cruz. You have all these former champions that are in this weight class, and that all formulates all that experience. But on top of Peter Yan, Aljamain Sterling, I mean, there's like there's like 10 world champions in that damn weight class, man, where everybody can wrestle, everybody can fight, everybody can mix it. It's not just one style that dominates all. Everybody is diverse, 135 pounds. If you really think about how stacked that weight class is, it is stacked. 
But they call it, they call 135 pounds murderers row. Man, I'm the one that's going to murder all these suckers. So for that reason, I'm going 135 pounds. And you cannot debate that. I know what you're going to say, 155 pounds. But let me tell you something, Shmo. Conor McGregor built that storyline. He made 155 pounds a novella. Listen, Triple C, the Schmo was actually going back and forth between 155 and 145, but because you said 155, the Schmo's going to argue it. I'm not even bringing up Conor McGregor's name. He has not won in that division since, what, Barack Obama was president? Or since the Eddie Alvarez fight, Madison Square Garden? We're not talking about Conor McGregor in 155. Right now, there is no champion right now in that weight division because of the whole Charles Oliver situation. But what the Schmo can tell you is there's so many intriguing matchups, there's so much depth in that top 15 that you got to talk about it. You got to talk about the Islam Makachevs, the 10-fight winning streaks. You got to talk about the Benil Dariush's seven-fight winning streaks. What we're seeing with... What, Gamrot and Armand Sarukian? Armand Sarukian's only loss in the UFC was a short notice fight in his debut fight against Islam Makachev. Can you imagine if we get to a position where that wrestling dominant guy fights Islam, another wrestling dominant guy? The intriguing matchups you can get at 155. You know, Michael Chandler's brought nothing but excitement. The Justin Gaethje's, the Dustin Poirier's. We're talking about just competition-wise right there at the cream of the crop at 155. RDA, Rafael Dos Anjos, he's still got something left in the tank. There's still so much left in there at the top 15 with a mix of young talent and old talent and a lot of things to figure out. Until we see Islam fight for the title, the Schmo will argue to the death that 155 right now is the most stacked weight division in the UFC. No, it's the most popular division, Schmo. That's not that's not that's that's not confuse popularity with actual the depth of technique, tactics, and uh you know what I'm saying? Like the, the sport of mixed martial arts. Uh, not even close, man. Not even close. Like I said, man, we uh, people 155 pounds, they owe that credit to Connor. And what it's done, it's almost like 147 pounds, like Sugar Ray Leonard, man. You go back to that. These are the people that have inspired these weight classes, and that inspiration has, has stayed and kept there. So we can agree to disagree, but those are my two cents. I think I, th I think if you put the top 10 against, against the top 10 35ers, against the top 10 55ers, you'd be like, dude, Henry, you're right. You'd probably even apologize to me. Well, Triple C, the one component I did not talk about, too, is when the Schmo keeps pitching for 165 weight division, why do we do that? Because the best 155ers float to 170 and 70 to 55. The Michael Chiesas, the RDAs. You got such this imbalance of talent that go between the two weight divisions because they do need that weight division. You get a lot of talent that comes down that is fighting that are naturally bigger guys that are dehydrating themselves at 155. It adds a lot of intrigue to the weight division, and that point can't be ignored also. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Like I said, man, we can agree to disagree, you know, but... All that's right, my that, that's my two cents. It comes down to numbers. It comes down to how many former champions are in your weight class. And there's only Yeah, there's only one champion at 155 pounds, Charles Oliveira, and there's two interim champs, Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje. Who else has won a title and defended that title? I can tell you Jose Aldo, Dominic Cruz, TJ Dillashaw, Cody Garbrandt, Triple C. You know what I'm saying? Frankie Edgar. Come on, Schmo. 
Come well, on. Well, add Dustin Poirier to that list of interim title champions. Yeah, interim, and, uh, interim. But these guys have never been champions. It is different when you're a champion. You defend your belt and you go through that process of experience. It has a lot to be said. I'm telling you, 135 pounds this is the most technical weight class in the whole damn roster, bar none. Well, that's a fair point about the champions and Triple C. It's not fun if the Schmo just agrees with you on everything, but wanted to pick your brain on this. Speaking of 135 pounds, AG Fight recently did an interview with your guy, Davison Figueredo, talking about how he's upset that they're already moved quickly to make an interim title at the flyweight division. He's talking about moving up. You're talking about another champion moving up to the 135-pound weight division. What's your make if Figgy moves up to 135, which is, happens to be your Wait the vision, Triple C. Oh, no. I figure he don't want to do that, man. He doesn't want the wrath of Triple C. But not really small. Not really small. I've actually encouraged Davis to eventually go up. I think he's he's a big boy. He'd fit in 235 pounds really good. You know, I just think uh, I just think he needs to finish what he started. I think he needs to defend his belt. You know, I think he has maybe maybe a couple to a few fights left at 125 pounds to eventually go up to 135 pounds. So I welcome that. I think I think Davidson needs to. Uh, I think he needs to be happy. I think he's proven he's a two-time uh, flyweight world champ, and I think he eventually wants to go up to 135 pounds and uh, and strike gold again. But I think by that time I'll be the 145-pound champ. So it might work out, Schmo. Wow, I thought I was getting humble, Henry. There and then you went in. And said, I think by that time I'll be a 145-pound champ. There it is, Triple C. We like it. <laughs> but now it's time to debut a new segment. The gloves are coming off right here. We got our Ben Askren shirt on right here. World's strongest grip. And you know what that means. It means one thing and one thing only. Let's talk about this gloves off segment. Topic of the day, dating taller women. Triple C, you know something about that. Your lady, your wife. Is taller than you. The schmo has got Helen. She's 5'10". She wears heels. She towers over the schmo. she got some <laughs> height there. What's your advice for all the other schmoes out there that want to date taller women that currently lack the confidence? Dude, it's all in the game, dude. It's all up here, bro. And uh, when you have it in your head and you're driven, uh, my girl's a damn supermodel, man. You know, she's she's 5'8", literally 5'8". I'm 5'4". She's got me up by 4 inches. But it's it's all about the communications, man. How is it? Can you make her feel? Can you make her feel comfortable? Is she gonna like you? You know. And of course, the appearance at first is like the first that they look at. But you gotta see beyond that. Can you make a girl laugh? Can you allow her to enjoy the time that she does have with you? So if you're able to do that, man, you know the the bigger they are, the harder they fall, man. So you guys take notes from King Triple C, because I conquer these things. All right, so you conquer these things, but physically you're 5'4", but mentally you're like 6'4". So Triple C, how do you tell the audience to mentally compartmentalize that they are 6'4", also, when they're standing tall at maybe 5'7"? <laughs> well, that, I, I think that just all comes down to humor and, you know, being a, having a carefree personality, you know what I'm saying? But it, it, it's it's a trip. You gotta you gotta see you gotta see things as a challenge. You know what I mean. And you have to be able to accept it. Cause yeah, sometimes people be staring at us, especially you know. I be mean, sometimes I think, oh, they're staring at me because I'm popular. It's like no, it's like sometimes they see the the height difference. You know what I mean. It's literally like that, like that much. But uh, you know, love is love, man. And if if you see it that way, and and you're able to get past all that, it, it's all good, man. It's all good in the hood. If anybody that feels it the more, it's probably it's probably my wife. 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so what store do you shop at to get those big ass platform shoes that you wear on the broadcast? First of all, the reason why I have to wear those is because they're gonna, they, I either wear them damn shoes or they're gonna put me in an Apple box. And I get it, man. This is business, man. You don't you don't want to be unleveled. So to me, I have a good sense of humor, man. Like I'm not a, I don't take offense to it. I'm gonna continue to keep wearing them. I don't wanna buy some more. And I, I, you know what I'm saying? Like who cares, dude? Who cares? You know what? You know what true love is, Schmo. Let me tell you guys something. True love is self-respect. It's self-respect for the person that you are. So when you have self-respect for the person that you are, you don't care who the hell says what, when, where, or how. So I think that's the reason why I'm able to kind of enjoy the character, enjoy who I am, you know, and just grow with the flow, dude. So that's humble Henry for you guys. So I, I hope you guys take that, take those, uh, take those comments that I just said because lightning doesn't strike twice. And he took off the glasses for those. You know he means well. The who cares least holds all the power. We love it, Triple C. Great <laughs> words of wisdom for all the millions of people watching all over the world or listening. The Shore Kings are taking over, man. The Shore Kings will rise again. Yes, except uh, you're calling the schmo short here, and we're just flirting with six foot, even though we're not six <laughs> foot. Now let's get to this. We want to wrap things up. UFC Fight Night this upcoming weekend. There's a huge fight in the 145-pound weight division that the schmo doesn't want to ignore. Dan Ige, your guy, you've been working with him. He also trains out of here in Extreme Couture. Great watching him fight against Mosvar. Ivalev, who we both just saw, he was in attendance at Eagle FC 47. The Schmo saw him training over at ATT. He's 15 and 0. Ige's 15 and 5. It's a great matchup for top contenders at 145. What's your thoughts on this Triple C? Oh man, it's uh Dan 50K Ige. You can never sleep on him. If you sleep on him, you will get slept. You know, there's a reason why they call him 50K. But every Russian that comes out of Russia, especially from a Hotchkala, like the southern region of Russia, they are super technical. So I think Dan knows what he has to do. Throw the kitchen sink, take risk, disturb his distance, create the fight. Because that's, that's where Dan, Dan 50K Ige is good. So if he's able to do that, I think Dan, Dan uh, tactically, I think Dan could beat anybody in the world. And the Schmo was trying to go on bet online and look for the odds who they got favored right there. It's a great matchup. This is a great measuring stick because if Ivolov gets through Ige and stays undefeated, he might be one fight away from fighting for a featherweight title, you can argue. Ige gets the victory. He's right back on track. He stops a hype train. Both these guys are jockeying for position. Ige still wants to taste that championship goal that he had a great showing and a great test against a Calvin Cater. We see where things are going. I mean, love the fight. Love that we get to see where things are. And the Schmo actually had this as one of the top competitive divisions in the UFC right now. But we went with the 155. So, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up another week of the Triple C and Schmo Show. Make sure you download these episodes anywhere you get your podcast: the iTunes, the Spotify's, the Google Plays. Make sure you check us out on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. What's your name? I am Triple C. I am the Schmo. We will deliver. And we are. Ah.